Thank you guys for joining us for this episode of 13. As always, we want to start by thanking our new patrons. Ipic Kintarsi, Josiah Knight, Katherine LeFevre, Bo Jimbo, Barbara Miller, Keelan Bowman, Allison Butler, Picky Perky Penguin, Sensational, and Chris Peacock. Thank you so much for your support. Our patrons get a lot more 13. Extra stories each month, including over two years' worth of extra episodes, updates on the show, merch, and access to a patron-only Discord server where you can chat about the show or whatever else is on your mind. And if all you want is ad-free episodes, there's a $1 Patreon tier that'll get you just that. Learn more at patreon.com slash 13pod, and we'll put a link in the show notes. Before we get started, we want to tell you about a show that we love and that we think you'll love too. Our friends, Lindsay and Jordan Reed, host the show Spooky Spouses, a podcast about all things strange and unusual, from paranormal clickbait to important questions like, which cryptid is the cutest? You can even join in the fun by calling into their hotline and telling them about your own supernatural encounters. I'm calling their hotline. You should. I'm going to. Stay tuned after the show to hear the trailer for Spooky Spouses. You can find them wherever you're listening to podcasts right now, and we'll have links in the show notes. This month's story is Mr. No Eyes by Chris West. Our patrons will be familiar with Chris's work, and we're excited to get to share another one of their stories here. We're also excited to introduce Mason Amadeus as a featured voice in this episode. For more from Chris and Mason, check out the show notes. Here we go. Turn down the lights. Are you ready? Oh shit, did we do the ads? The legends are true! Overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny! Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. I heard footsteps before I saw anything. I had been in the middle of a wonderful dream when I felt someone spring into my bed, knocking the wind out of me as they did. I snapped awake and saw my three-year-old son snuggling between my wife and me. I wiped the sleep from my eyes. Hey, buddy. He's back, my son said, his voice quivering. My wife stirred waking from her own dreams. Who's back? Mr. No-Eyes? Our son nodded and asked if he could sleep with us. My wife sat up and looked over at me. Our bed wasn't small, but our little boy slept like a starfish. If he stayed, I'd have to go to the couch. It was always me that got the heave-ho, and I was used to it. I didn't hold a grudge. I asked him if he'd rather sleep with me or mom, but before I even finished the question, he was snuggled up with my wife. She gave me a little smile and a shrug. At least you're used to the couch. She was trying to soften the blow. Okay, let me go get your stuff. I dragged myself out of bed as he called for the necessities, Taco Cat and Big Blue from his room. 
This wasn't the first time he'd come crawling into our bed recently. It had become a semi-regular occurrence since we'd moved into our new place. I can't say that I blame him. This had been a radical shift from what he was used to. My wife and I met at college in Boston. After graduation, we got married and settled down in the city. Neither of us was from Boston. My wife wasn't even from the Northeast. But we both fell hard for the city. We'd had chances to leave, but we both decided to stick it out. There are worse places to live. We had a cozy apartment that was perfect for the two of us. We were cramped when my son was born, but it was manageable. Then, COVID hit, and it became clear that we had outgrown our apartment. I thought we'd be looking for another apartment in the city, but my wife had other thoughts. Without me knowing, she'd been looking for farmland outside the city for a while. At first, it started as mindless Instagram scrolling, looking at cute little hobby farms and country-style decor, quickly gave way to Zillow searches and comparing numbers. And by then, it was too late. She was convinced. I think we should move to the country. I had to admit, she had a point. The numbers made sense. Both of our jobs were going to be work from home full time, and there would be more space for us to grow as a family. We went and saw a few places, but nothing felt right. I thought that would be the end of the farm hunt until we stumbled across our current home. It was a fixer, to be sure, but it also was the first place that felt like home. Walking across the threshold, we just knew that this was it. It was a red brick, Dutch colonial revival-style house built in the 1880s, and it retained all of the era's charms. It was two stories, with all the bedrooms on the second floor. The rooms were cozy, as the realtor had said, but the big windows really did make them seem larger. But the master bedroom is where the past met modern times. There was a bathroom that had been updated, and it even had a big soaking tub. Inside our closet, there was attic access. I popped up there during the tour, and there wasn't much to it. It was perfect for holiday decoration storage, but not much else. The centerpiece of the bottom floor was a large fireplace in the den. I imagine the three of us snuggled up together on the couch, watching a movie and warming ourselves with a roaring fire. It was a real Norman Rockwell vibe, and I was into it. A month later, my wife won me over, and we moved. I got out of bed, and I made my way to my son's room to gather his things before I went down to the couch. My son's room had always been a little bit colder than the rest of the house. I noticed immediately as I opened the door to get his things. When we moved in, I chalked it up to poor insulation. We gave him Big Blue, a massive sprawling blanket, so he could wrap himself up like a burrito and keep warm. I assumed at some point I'd have to look into better insulation, but it was already late fall and snow would be coming soon. 
No need to start ripping out the little protection that we already had. I grabbed the blanket and Taco Cat off my son's bed. I was about to head back to my room when I heard what sounded like something moving from the closet. This also wasn't an uncommon occurrence. Old houses settle all the time. And while I was sure that that was the case, it still warranted a quick glimpse. Not that I was hoping I would see Mr. No Eyes, but as a dad, I had to check. I put down the blankets on the bed and I walked over to the closet. I pulled down on the light cord and I saw nothing. Nothing but my son's clothes. Just to be safe, I moved them over to the side and checked. There was no Mr. No Eyes waiting for me. I shut the light off and headed out of the room. The rest of the night was fine. My back was a little achy from sleeping on the sofa, but like my wife said, I'd gotten used to it. My son was fine too. He usually was the morning after a visit from Mr. No Eyes. Little kids can be very resilient. He came barreling out of my room and jumped on me. I braced for the jump, but he still managed to knock the wind out of me. I grimaced, but like the couch, I was used to it. He was giggling as he asked if I was okay. I'm good, buddy. How did you sleep? My wife followed him out of the bedroom. He slept like a rock. He likes your spot on the bed. She was wearing my ancient Nirvana t-shirt, now her favorite sleeping shirt, hanging off her shoulder, and her hair was a frazzled mess. She smiled at me and stretched her arms wide. And how did you sleep? Good. He likes to cuddle. Yeah? Well, maybe one of these days I'll get to find out. She walked over and kissed me on top of the head. Aw, well, at least you get to spread out. On the couch? She just smirked and headed toward the kitchen. I'm making coffee. I started to say thank you as my son tackled me again, demanding to know if I had to work today. Well, buddy, I have to pretend to work at least. Why do you ask? I knew exactly what he wanted, and my suspicions were confirmed when he asked if I would play hide-and-seek with him today. I pretended to mull it over before I couldn't tease him anymore, but I told him that we had to eat breakfast first. He agreed, but then immediately started playing with some of his toys that we kept by the couch. I could smell coffee brewing in the other room, which helped me wake up a little bit more. I watched him play for a moment before the events of the night before came back to my mind. I slid off the couch and sat down on the floor next to him, grabbing one of his toys and absently rolling the car around on the floor. Hey buddy, what happened last night? He didn't even look up as he told me that Mr. No Eyes woke him up. He told me that Mr. No Eyes is loud. Oh really? What was he saying? He started telling me the story in that halting way that little kids do answering any question you ask them with whatever story comes to his mind first. He told me that he knocked over his toys 
Your toys in the closet? He shook his head. The toys in my room. I pushed the car along the carpet, focusing on the details of his story, trying to find the truth in his imagination. Was he near your toy box? Yep, he responded. Not a care in the world. Does Mr. Noise come out every night? He shook his head. No, he sleeps at night sometimes. Does he ever talk to you? I abandoned my toy car, noticing that my son had stopped playing. He looked up at me, but he didn't respond. I asked again. We sat there for a moment, and then he spoke. Mr. No Eyes told me not to tell you or mom. I felt a shiver run down my spine, but I tried to keep my face neutral. No need to scare him any more than he might already be. You can tell your mom and me anything, you know? You know that, right, buddy? He looked relieved and nodded his head. He reached for his toy and stopped. Then he asked me, does he come to your room too? I told him that I'd never seen Mr. No Eyes in my room. He picked up his dinosaur as he shrugged and said, Mr. No Eyes told me that he saw you sleeping. Another shiver and a forced smile. Oh, really? Completely unaware of how terrifying he sounded, my son continued. Yeah, Mr. No Eyes watches you guys too. Well, how does he watch us if he doesn't have any eyes? I tried to joke, but my son just hopped his little dinosaur across the floor and shrugged. Mr. No Eyes says he can see everything. All I could manage was a little, oh. I tried to change the subject before this got any darker. Well, hey buddy, can I have a hug? He smiled at me and I saw the scary thoughts tumble out of his head. I yelled as he reared back and threw himself on me, laughing. I scooped him up and threw him over my shoulder so we could join my wife for breakfast. Before we left the living room though, I glanced back and checked. Not that I was expecting to see Mr. No Eyes watching us, but, you know, just in case. A few hours later, my promise came due, and I was roped into playing hide-and-seek. My son wasn't a huge fan of hiding, so that fell to me, and I didn't mind. I actually really enjoyed the hiding aspect of the game, and this new house had a lot of random and unique hidey holes. Since my wife and son had teamed up, I could go beyond the typical parent hiding spots and really dig in. They went to go count in our bedroom, and I had free run of the upstairs. That was the one rule. You had to stay upstairs. When he was older, I imagined we could make use of the whole house. But for now, we kept the playing field small. It didn't matter. There were dozens of good places to hide upstairs. I made my way to my son's room. He always came here first, and I liked giving him a few easy wins off the bat. It made the game more fun for him. 
I decided to hide under the bed. I moved a few of his toys out of the way and slid underneath. It was a tight fit. I had to suck in my gut a little bit and mentally reminded myself that I needed to get back to the gym tomorrow. From where I was lying, I couldn't see anything. I grabbed a blanket and tried to hide my body, but I knew that it wouldn't matter. My son would find me eventually. I wanted him to get a win, but I didn't want to make it too easy for him. What's the fun in that? As expected, I heard footsteps coming down the hallway. The game was on. The door slowly creaked open, and they entered the room. I couldn't help but grin, because seeing how excited my son was when he found me made cramming under the bed worth it. The footsteps stopped in front of the bed, and I knew it was coming. I waited, and I waited. The two of them never found me. I heard the footsteps slowly walk out of the room and back down the hall. He always checked under the bed. Plus, he was being so quiet. I thought he was probably going to try and scare me. Five or so minutes later, my son came bursting back into the room. Instantly, he dropped to his knees and yelled, Found you, Daddy. I laughed and I squeezed myself out from under the bed. As soon as I got out, my son tackled me. My wife came into the room and we locked eyes. There you are. She sounded a little bit annoyed. I told her I was surprised that they didn't find me the first time they came in. She looked confused. Babe, he found you right away. Your shoes were sticking out. I felt that chill creeping up my spine again. And I set our son down on the bed. He was still all smiles. What are you talking about? You guys came in right away. You stood in front of the bed and then you left. No, we started looking downstairs because we heard you wrestling around down there. My wife raised an eyebrow at me. I'm just impressed that you got back up here and under the bed so quickly. I just stared at her, trying to sort through the noise in my head. Hun, I didn't go downstairs. We looked at each other for a moment, and realization seemed to wash over her. Her eyes went wide. She just nodded in response. My skin felt prickly. Something had lured my wife and son downstairs and then came looking for me. Neither of us wanted to say anything that would upset our son. He was bored of our grown-up conversation, and he reminded me that I'm not supposed to go downstairs during the game. You're right, buddy. I promise I won't do it again. Should we keep playing? He yelled in excitement and bolted out of the room, ready to start counting. My wife started after him, but she turned back to me. Let's talk about this later. I nodded, and I told her I wasn't going to hide in here again. She agreed that that was a good idea, and went to chase after our son. A few hours later, my wife and I finally had time to talk while the kiddo was busy eating lunch and watching cartoons. I hadn't been able to think of anything else since and I was desperate to get her take on it. 
I pulled her into the kitchen, and we both unloaded. So what the fuck was that? I heard you walking down the stairs. I even thought, that jerk is trying to cheat. I asked her what it sounded like. She shrugged and said it sounded like someone walking downstairs. But then she paused, and she looked terrified. What? What happened? It's just that I... I heard you whisper my name downstairs. It was right before I heard you walking back up the stairs. I heard it. Clear as a bell. But, I mean, you don't think. I knew exactly what she was thinking. And I was glad that she'd said it first. Saying it out loud felt ridiculous. Mr. No Eyes? She nodded. We sat there for a second, both lost in our own thoughts, our own fears. We agreed that whatever was going on, we couldn't let our son sleep in his room until we figured it out. I know it puts you out, and I hate to think about you on the couch alone, but I just... It's really fine. I'll sleep way better on the couch than I would if I was worried about him being in his room all alone. I could tell that she was getting overwhelmed. Her eyes were glassy. Who could blame her? This thing had thrown us both off kilter. But my wife had heard someone whisper her name. That would scare anyone. Hey, look, it's going to be okay. He'll sleep with you until we figure this whole thing out. She nodded. And she looked exhausted. Do you think we should call, I don't know, like a priest? Will that work if we're not religious? I, I don't know. I, I honestly have no idea. I'll look into it, okay? Just then, I heard the tiny footfalls of my son walking into the kitchen with his now empty plate. Hey, buddy. How was lunch? He held his plate out to me, and I caught his eye. Hey, buddy. What is it? That's when my son told me that Mr. No Eyes had heard us talking. I felt the air leave the room, and I tried to speak, but I couldn't find the words. My wife recovered first. She looked around the kitchen. Honey, is he down here now? Our son shook his head. I asked him where Mr. Noise had been, and my son just shrugged before saying, He was right behind you. Can I have a juice box? I stood there reeling as my wife walked to the fridge. I whipped my head out into the hallway, looking for anything, but all I saw were the curtains on the windows. I don't know what I was expecting. My wife turned around and handed our son his juice box. Where does Mr. No Eyes go during the day? He said that Mr. No Eyes goes to the attic. That's where he lives. My wife and I caught each other's eyes. Right, okay. Well, maybe I should go check into that. My son looked worried for the first time. Daddy, no. Mr. No Eyes wouldn't like that. My wife had grabbed her own juice box and drained it. She handed one over to me and then leaned down to our son. Hey, I have an idea. Could you draw what Mr. No Eyes looks like? That way your dad and I will know what he looks like if we see him. 
Oh, she was really good. Our son jumped up excitedly and ran over to his drawing area. About 10 minutes later, he came running back with the only drawing he'd ever do that wouldn't make it onto the fridge. Mr. Nowise had a head that was thin like a pencil, and he had bleach white skin. True to his name, there were no eyes, but he had two mouths, one on top of the other. One smiled and one frowned. He wore what looked like jeans and a t-shirt. I wasn't really sure if this is what he looked like or just what the hands of a three-year-old were capable of drawing. As I looked it over, our son went back to his drawing table, happily cranking out much nicer artwork. My wife looked at me. Well, this would scare the shit out of me if I saw it in my bedroom, too. But, I mean, he's wearing jeans and a t-shirt? So? I don't know. I just thought that ghosts would be more... dapper? She rolled her eyes. Regular people die too, babe. I laughed. We both did. You know what? How about we watch a movie? Something happy. She agreed, and it was never hard to get the kid to tuck in for an animated classic. The rest of the day went off without a hitch. When bedtime came around, things got a little strange. Like we planned, our son would stay in the master bedroom with my wife until we figured this out. I wasn't actually sure if our room was safer. I assumed that this thing could go anywhere. But our kid never freaked out while he was in there. I was hoping that that trend would continue. We tucked him into our bed and went through our nighttime routine. He was thrilled to be in our room. He kept saying how it was hard to sleep through the noise. He looked shocked when I asked him about it. You don't hear it? He asked me. The buzzing. It does that whenever Mr. Noise first shows up. This kid knew exactly what to say to make my blood run cold. Well, you'll be safe in here, honey. And if you need anything at all, I'll be with you and your dad will be right outside, okay? We both got our goodnight hugs, and he was out within minutes. My wife and I went downstairs to clean up the kitchen and got in a few episodes of television before our own bedtime came around. Like always, my wife started snoring about an hour in. I gently woke her up. Oh man, I better head to bed. Do you need an escort? I think I can manage. We haven't heard anything yet. No bees, anyway. She yawned, stood up and stretched, before kissing me on the forehead and bidding me goodnight. I heard her walk up the stairs and into our room. She closed the door softly, but I could still hear the click of the latch. Being alone on the couch made my thoughts wander back to those footsteps when I was hiding under the bed. The thought caused me to shiver, but I wasn't going to let it ruin the rest of my night. I turned on the Dodger game and zoned out. I fell asleep somewhere around the sixth inning. I heard the crack of a solid hit on the screen 
which snapped me awake. I flipped off the TV. I figured it was time for me to hit the hay. Before I laid down on the couch, I went to the kitchen for a glass of water. When I got there, I noticed the refrigerator door was open. Not just cracked, but wide open. Our leftovers from dinner were sitting out on the counter. I called out, expecting that my wife had wandered into the kitchen for a midnight snack. There was no response. I walked further into the kitchen. There wasn't anyone there. I was puzzled. I put the food back in the fridge and closed the door. From behind me, I heard one of the chairs from the dining room shift on the floor like someone had pulled it out. I cautiously walked over. I threw on the kitchen light. Sure enough, one of the chairs had been noticeably pulled out. That's when I heard what sounded like white noise coming from the living room. It started quietly, almost imperceptible, but it was growing louder. Within a few seconds, the faint noise sounded like a swarm of bees. The buzzing was intense, and it filled the air. Then, it went quiet. Not just the buzzing, Every noise stopped. No crickets outside. No hum from the refrigerator. Nothing but my shallow breath and my booming heartbeats. The hair on my arms, sensing something was off before my brain caught up. They started to rise. I wasn't alone in the room. I couldn't see anything, but I felt it. Something was watching me. That's when the whispers started. I couldn't make out the words, but I could hear two distinct voices speaking. One was nasally and high-pitched, and the other was a low baritone. It sounded like someone had stuck their finger on a record player. The voices seemed to come from every corner of the room, all at once. Just then, the overhead lights started to flicker until they went out. I stood there, not knowing what to do. Normally, even with all the lights out, I could still sort of make my way around the house. But this was a different kind of darkness. The higher-pitched voice hissed. Why are you here? I froze in place. I had no intention of responding. If Mr. No-Eyes truly had no-eyes, I imagined that he could locate me by sound. I had no reason to think that, but I was grasping at straws. I needed to try and add some kind of logic to the situation. The fear had cemented my feet to the floor. The deeper voice chimed in. You do not belong. 
At once, all the burners on my stove turned on. The four flames lit up that corner of the room. They danced, sending eerie projections on the nearby walls. I scanned, looking for a sign of anyone or anything, but there was nothing there. The little one is afraid of you. Suddenly, there was a flash of light in the far corner of the room. I shielded my eyes from the brightness, but I saw the outline of a spindly figure in the middle of the room. I didn't get all the details in that glimpse, but I saw enough to know that it had no eyes. I started to shake. I thought about my family upstairs. I thought about how my son had seen this thing before and how he was able to even function. He was so brave. But I am not. Then, everything went silent. There were three flashes. In three different corners of the room, flashes of some ethereal light. Each time, I caught a glimpse of Mr. No-Eyes, piecing the monster together in my mind. His head was thin and narrow, with several horizontal slices across his scalp. His skin was pale blue and pulled taut over his eyeless face. His nose was just a bump that sat above a small, smiling mouth. Below that was a larger mouth. It looked more like a slit throat than anything else. If I wasn't so terrified, I would have felt more pride in my son's art skills. His drawing had been a pretty good likeness. There was another flash near me, and I saw that the monster had turned its head to face me. The smaller mouth frowned, and the larger one flashed a toothy grin. When the lower mouth spoke, blood dripped from the corners of that gruesome smile. You are not welcome here. My legs wobbled under me. The idea of Mr. Nowise had nothing on the reality. I tried to take in everything, but my gaze was fixed on the blood oozing from the corners of that second mouth. It bubbled when he spoke. Suddenly, there was another flash by the stairs, and my jaw dropped. I'd seen a bunch of wild shit in the last few minutes, but somehow, this took the cake. There was just some fucking guy just standing by the stairs. We locked eyes. I had no idea what he was doing, but he seemed to recognize me. Mr. No-Eyes turned to face him. That higher-pitched voice called out. You are all not welcome here. The stranger swore before he turned and bolted up the stairs. When he hit the landing, he turned down the hallway toward my son's room. I heard the door slam. I was still processing all of this when the lights turned back on. And Mr. No-Eyes was gone. Everything seemed to be back to normal, but I knew that that wasn't true. I saw a red splotch on the ground in front of me, followed by another, and then another. 
I touched my nose and realized that it was the source of the bleeding. I hadn't had a nosebleed since I was a kid. I pinched the bridge of my nose to try and stop the bleeding. I needed to get upstairs and figure out who the hell that guy was. Come on, clot already. I muttered it out loud, hoping the sheer force of my will would staunch the flow. But that's not what happened. Instead, I heard the high-pitched voice whispering right into my ear. You're gonna die here. Well, that got me moving. Regardless of whether blood was streaming out of my nostrils, I tore up the stairs. I glanced over at my son's room, but I knew I needed to get my family to safety. Whatever Mr. Noise was, he wasn't playing around anymore. I dashed into the bedroom, slamming the door open, and my wife shot up out of bed. What's wrong? She was coming out of a deep sleep, and I needed her to be awake right now. We gotta go. What? Now. What's the matter? Mr. Noise. He's here. That got her moving. She snapped into action, jumping out of bed and pulling on a pair of jeans. What happened? He threatened us. All of us. I let go of my nose and used a t-shirt to wipe my face as I shoved my feet into the nearest pair of sneakers. You saw him? Honey, are you okay? Is your nose bleeding? It was. Don't worry about it. And yes, I saw him. I tossed her a pair of shoes and pulled our son out of the bed. He was starting to stir. Get him to the car. I don't want to just leave you in here. We've got to go. Just get him to the car. I'll be right behind you. She locked eyes with me and nodded. Just then, my son woke up. I set him down as he asked if it was morning already. I tried my best to sound cheerful. No, buddy. But we're going to go for a little car ride, okay? My wife caught my eye as I stood up. Are you going to be okay? I will be when we get the fuck out of here. Are you ready? She nodded and scooped up our son. He clung to her as we made our way toward the door. I hesitated before I opened it, and I glanced back at my family. If you see anything, just rush right past it, okay? Grab the keys by the door and get to the car as fast as possible. Got it? She nodded and hugged our son a little bit tighter. I was turning the handle when I heard my son say, What are you doing? in mommy and daddy's closet. I whipped around to see a face in the attic entry, looking down at us. Oh my God! My wife screamed. At first I was assuming it was Mr. No Eyes, but it wasn't. It was the stranger I saw earlier. He started climbing down out of the attic opening. We didn't have time for this. Come on, let's go. I threw the door open and pulled my wife and son toward the stairs. Behind us, I could hear the stranger scrambling out of the attic. I didn't know what he might have planned or what would happen if he caught us. And I wasn't going to find out. The lights started flickering just as we took our first step down the stairs. I heard my son yell. He was facing his room. Run, Mommy. Mr. Noai sees you. I felt her trying to turn around and get a glimpse. I blocked her view and pushed her toward the stairs. Just keep going. As we clambered down the stairs, the door to our bedroom opened up, and the stranger came running out. He glanced at us. Then, his eyes locked onto the spot where I assumed Mr. Noise stood, and he froze in place. He screamed 
then ran back into our room. The lights in the house went out again, just as our shoes hit the bottom of the stairs. We heard the stranger upstairs struggling, presumably trying to get back into the attic, and we stopped to look up. There was a flash of light, and my wife finally saw Mr. No Eyes. Oh my God. My son spoke up. I don't like Mr. No Eyes. The creature floated toward the master bedroom, and it passed through the door without opening it. We heard the stranger scream. From the ground floor, we heard him moving around above us, which was interesting, considering the attic wasn't supposed to extend over this part of the house. Honey, I think the realtor lied to us about the size of the attic. I think the realtor lied to us about a lot of things. There was a cracking sound above us, and I realized just in time what was about to happen. I pushed my family back as the ceiling over us gave up. The stranger fell nearly 20 feet and hit the ground with a sickening crack. His left femur was sticking out of his thigh. He screamed in pain, like nothing I'd ever heard before. I glanced up as Mr. No Eyes moved his head just into view from the new hole in the ceiling. Both of his mouths were smiling and fresh blood bubbled at the corners. The lower mouth spoke. You're all destined for the black. The buzzing began again. The noise filled the room. My wife and son were both crying. I pushed them out the front door and shoved the keys into my wife's hands. As they ran to the car, Mr. Noise gripped the sides of the hole in the ceiling and he started to slowly pull himself through toward the ground. It was like he was liquid. I wanted to run. I needed to run. But the stranger and I locked eyes. He was scared. And I knew that if I didn't help him, he was going to die. I glanced up. Mr. No Eyes was still pouring out of the attic, down toward us. I glanced back at the stranger, bleeding and desperate. My humanity won out. I ran over to help him up. He screamed in pain, but we didn't have time for niceties. Shut the fuck up and move or I'll leave you here. That got him up. We got to the door as fast as we could. A pace that I wouldn't have thought possible for someone with a broken leg. My hand was on the doorknob when I heard a loud thump. Mr. No Eyes had finally hit the floor. The high-pitched voice came from all around us. The black awaits! The black awaits! The sound of the laughter, it came from both mountains, and it surrounded us. I wrenched the door open. The stranger and I booked it out of the house and into my wife's waiting Kia Sedona. If my wife was surprised to see the stranger, she didn't show it. Hurry up! She screamed as I got the stranger into the back seat. Then I threw myself into the passenger side. Drive! I yelled as I pulled the door shut. My wife had her eyes glued to the front of the house. I followed her gaze. Mr. No Eyes stood in the doorway watching us. Suddenly, several flames erupted near my car. My son started crying again, and my wife was frozen. I could feel my heart beating. I was afraid it would burst out of me. Mr. No Eyes raised his arms and they disappeared into an inky blackness. 
Soon, all of him was lost in the spreading void. I noticed the shadows of the trees around the house, bending and bleeding into the darkness, like they were giving more strength to the void. I touched my wife's arm. Honey, drive. She snapped out of her stupor and put the car into drive. As she slammed her foot down on the pedal, the car fishtailed before the rubber finally caught. I looked back. Our house had been completely enveloped into the void. As we turned down the street, I heard both the voices laughing. I didn't dare turn around to find out if it was behind us. I trusted my gut that it wasn't. We dropped the stranger off at the hospital, and I finally got some information out of him. It turns out, he was a squatter living in the house before we bought it. And it gets worse. Apparently, he's some kind of paranormal fanatic. He learned about our house's history online, and he became obsessed with the idea of living there to see if he would experience anything. Needless to say, he did. He said that he hadn't planned on staying after we bought the house, but he was pretty invested by then. And he'd figured out that the house had a couple of spots that were big enough for a human to squeeze through, outside access points that you wouldn't notice unless you found them inside. Those weren't on any of the blueprints either. Obviously, I asked him what the fuck was wrong with him, but also why he wanted to stay squatting in a haunted house. He said he was just trying to prove that there was something there and that when we moved in, he wasn't ready to leave. He said that he had just started to see Mr. No Eyes and he wanted more. He thought that we wouldn't notice him if he was quiet. And then, when he was done, he could just leave. All the time I was talking to him, I was trying to piece together the last few months, make sense of all of the odd occurrences, what was a paranormal event? And what was just this fucking guy? And then, he said that our son had caught him a few times. I didn't understand how, but surprise, another thing that wasn't listed when we bought the house was an attic access point in our son's closet. This guy had been going up into our son's room. I felt my blood starting to boil, and I tried to keep my temper in check. I asked him to keep going. His logic, the logic of a person who'd been living in our ceiling, was that our son was a pretty deep sleeper and typically he didn't hear him coming down. But a couple of times, he'd spotted him. The stranger trailed off. I was beyond furious. I wanted to strangle him. But I was also desperate for information. So I pushed him to tell me everything. What did you say to him when he caught you? I asked. The guy shrugged. Well, I told him about Mr. No Eyes. You what? He seemed to shrink under my gaze and he rushed to explain. The stranger told our son that he was protecting him from Mr. No Eyes and that our son should not tell his mom and dad about him. He said he knew it was wrong but he still needed proof. He said that he didn't want to put our family in danger or anything like that, not ever. 
I looked at him, incredulous. And he just kept talking. He said he knew how it sounds and that he was obsessed, but he just had to get something. Had to speed up the process somehow. So, he started purposefully agitating Mr. No-Eyes. And it worked. I needed him to leave. I needed him to never come back. But when he told me what he'd done, he's lucky that all I did was press charges. I've since found that our house is a real hotspot for paranormal comings and goings. There are several stories about our farmhouse online. I just never thought to look. Who Googles the history of a house before they buy it? Well, turns out lots of people do. But come on, you know, we'd seen the place, we looked around it, we felt the good vibes. It never crossed my mind. When I relayed this to our realtor, she was stunned. She'd never heard anything about this and swears up and down that she would have mentioned it if she had. I'm inclined to believe her, but I have my doubts. After some protesting, I convinced my wife to take our son to stay with her mom for a few weeks, just until I could get things settled down at the house. I went to a local Catholic church and talked to a priest. A few phone calls later, he put me in touch with a spiritual fixer that could help. When we arrived at the house, I was surprised to see that it was still standing. The inky black void that had enveloped the building was gone. Everything on the outside looked normal. The inside, however, was a different story. Besides the gaping hole in my ceiling, all the furniture had been stacked in the middle of the living room. It was like a Jenga tower made of Ikea. I was afraid to touch it, worried it would crush me if I did. The fixer raised his eyebrows. Well, this is not a good sign. You're right. No human being would stack books like this. The fixer glanced around, confused. Clearly, he wasn't a Ghostbusters fan. Was there a stack of books, too? I mumbled never mind and decided to hang back and let him do his thing. After about an hour, I popped back in and asked how things were going. Something dark is still here. I'm gonna need to do some rituals. It might be best if you weren't here. I wasn't surprised. I came back three hours later, and the fixer was sitting outside my house. He looked emotionally and physically drained. He was smoking a cigarette and barely acknowledged my presence. How'd it go? I've never dealt with anything like that before. Is it gone? He stubbed out his smoke and looked up at me warily. It's gone. For now. What the hell does that mean? Whatever that guy did, he opened up some kind of portal or something in there. It's like a light in the dark to these things. They'll head for it eventually, but for now, the light's been dimmed. Can we, like, close the portal or whatever? He shook his head and stood up. Well, uh, I'll have to ask people above me if they can help. So, in the meantime, I'm just gonna wait for some ghoul to arrive? He pulled a card from his back pocket and handed it over to me. If it does, call me. I'll send it back to where it came from. Okay, thanks. So what about the black? What was that? He looked troubled. That... That is something I've never heard of before. I'm gonna have to ask around. This wasn't the response I was hoping for. Right, so... 
Should we stay here or what? He shrugged. This is your home. I'd stay. Don't give them an inch. You're safe for now, but there's always a chance it can come back. It might not, but if it does, you know what to do. Run away and call the Pope? He grinned back at me. Yeah, we might even need to go over his head. I laughed and drove the guy home. About a week later, we moved back into the house. So far, everything has gone back to normal. I went up to the attic and cleaned out the mess the squatter had left behind. We patched the hole in the ceiling, and my son hasn't had a bad dream since. Mr. No Eyes has stayed far away, and I've settled into a new routine. Every night around sunset, I make myself a cocktail and walk the property around the house. I call it my booze patrol. I'm not sure what I'm looking for or what I would do if I saw something, but it helps me to feel secure. In fact, I'm about to head out on one right now. I'm only hesitating because earlier when I was taking out the garbage, I heard what sounded like bees buzzing near the tree line. Odds are, that's all it was. Just bees looking for a spot to start a new hive. But considering the recent past, I'm being more cautious. I'm not going to let Mr. No Eyes come walking back into this place without a fight. This is my house and my land, and I'll fight it until I can't. All that being said... I really do miss our apartment in Boston. Thanks for joining us for this episode of 13. If you like what you heard, stop what you're doing and leave a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. This month's story was Mr. No Eyes, written by Chris West, narrated by Ian Epperson, featuring Brooke Jeanette, and Mason Amadeus. Music, editing, and sound design by Caleb Ritchie, assistance from Bridget Howard. Our producer-level patrons are Rick Linville, Tattooed Fox, Rhiannon, Sean Geary, Anthony Diaz, Jackie Kay, Delta Tango, Chantel Payne, Nick, Emily Douglas, Stephanie Klinger, and Jake R. Thank you so much for your support. Click the link to the show notes to learn more about joining us on Patreon. Check us out on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok under Pod13. And you can join the Facebook group at 13Podcast. Just look for the logo. And you'll find links for those in the show notes. If you'd like to submit a story to be performed on the show or contact us about anything else, get in touch at info at 13podcast.com. You'll find submission guidelines and other info on the website. You can find that in the show notes too. Bridget Howard is now Bridget fucking Freeman. Congratulations, Bridget. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next month. Spooky Spouses, a podcast about ghosts and stuff. Are you interested in the paranormal? And then all of a sudden we hear this. 
down a hallway when there's no one else there, I would go, maybe there's a ghost farting around these halls. Intelligent conversations. Uh, we don't know a lot. We were, we don't at all. And we never claim to. Furbies. Do these things so you could essentially kiss the Furby, but you're really kissing your ghost partner. Furbies again a little bit. I don't know. I don't know what you want your Furby for. To but... kiss. <laughs> Biting people. Do you like a food enough to bite middle schoolers for No. It? <laughs> Do you? Mystery boxes. A box full of human heads was reportedly stolen from a medical supply truck in Denver on Thursday. Find the spooky spouses wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Excuse me. 